and they were contractors who carried their beds on their backs. No, really? Wow. It's like marketing before marketing. It is, yeah. Welcome to the Health in the 34th podcast. Thank you for joining us for our third episode of our podcast. My name is Marissa Alcantar, and I'm the Story Bank Fellow for the Alliance for Healthy Kansas. And I'm Lacey Kennett. I'm the Director of Communications for the Alliance. Welcome back to our podcast. The last few episodes, we've had special guests on to, to interview. Today's episode, we still have a special guest, but it will be a little bit different. Um, we're going to do a deep dive into a subject that affects a lot of Kansans, which is health insurance open enrollment. So today's guest is Molly Godabed, Program Director at the Community Health Council of Wyandotte County. She also developed and coordinates the Kansas Assistance Network, which helps Kansans with unbiased enrollment in health insurance coverage through the health insurance marketplace, Medicaid, and Medicare. Welcome, Molly. Yeah, thanks for having me. Today with Molly, we're going to be talking about open enrollment and where people can get help looking at what health insurance options they might have. But we will also be talking about those Kansans who fall in the health insurance coverage gap. So those are people who make too much money to qualify for the current Medicaid system can care, but who make too little money to qualify for financial assistance on the health insurance marketplace. Because Kansas doesn't have expansion in place, we really have a piecemeal system where we're trying to help people who don't have affordable options, but really the system still has huge gaps and we still see a lot of people who fall through them. Molly, you're involved with so many aspects of health insurance, helping people enroll in private insurance as well as public options like Medicaid and Medicare. So you really see so many sides of our health insurance system. So tell us more about what you do at CHC of Wyandotte County and uh, KAN, is that what you call it? KAN? Yeah, KAN. Yeah, and just the people you assist, what do you do? That is a loaded question. <laughs> so really we do, question. like, honestly, <laughs> like a little bit of everything. So we help folks with health insurance applications um, like you said, with marketplace. So that's private insurance that you buy through the federal exchange. Um, and then we help folks with Medicaid applications through the state of Kansas, um, whether that's for disability or pregnant moms or children and families. And then we also have just recently started doing Medicare applications. Um, and we help people through the process with the application and then we show them what's available to them uh, as far as plans. And we usually end up doing quite a bit of health insurance literacy because it's very confusing. So we do a lot of health literacy um, and then help folks get connected to providers uh, whether or not they have insurance. So some folks like we'll talk about um, are not gonna be eligible for anything. And so connecting people with insurance and without insurance to providers and then helping them navigate the healthcare system. We also do um, food stamp, cash assistance, childcare assistance applications too, and any kind of assistance applications that they might need like with rental or utility assistance. Um, and if folks have like bigger needs like chronic conditions or something or like an ongoing issue, we have community health workers at 
the Community Health Council that we can refer out to, to just to provide wraparound services to people. We end up doing a lot of case management with our clients because we don't just want to send them out into the world after we help them sign up. A lot of healthcare navigation. Sounds like you can help people with all aspects of life. We try (laughs) because we know folks don't like if you can't pay for your dinner, then you're not that concerned about your health insurance. So uh, Molly, can you tell us a little bit about your background? What brought you to the place where you saw the need to develop the Kansas Assistance Network? Uh, I actually, I started out at Community Health Council as an intern. Well, I was an intern with the health department and they had all these different projects going and one was called Enroll Wyandotte. And that was during the first year of open enrollment um, when they rolled out the ACA in the marketplace. The health department and Healthy Communities Wyandotte and several other organizations in the community like El Centro and Hutos Center for Advancing Latino Health um, all came together to try to enroll folks in health insurance through the marketplace because they knew that a huge percentage of the population in Wyandotte County would qualify for financial assistance, but they didn't have any money. Uh, So they utilized people in organizations who are already doing similar work like Medicaid applications and food stamp applications to enroll people in this. So they got federally trained and then enrolled people. And I was put with that task because my supervisor had it on his list of things to do and he didn't have time. So I got trained and I was down in the We had like a big office down in the health department and I was managing that and we had volunteers enrolling people and we had students from KU. We had about 58 students that I made their schedules and did all these things and it was really fun because it had never happened before. And from there, like the community health council was like, hey, we need you to keep doing this. So will you do that? And I was like, absolutely. Right out of college, getting a job. That's wonderful. So um, we just kept going on. And um, over the years with Enroll Wyandotte, they were so successful um, at decreasing the uninsured population in Wyandotte County that our mayor at the time, Mark Holland, was able to meet Obama. He got to go to D.C. and meet Obama. Uh, We tied with Sedgwick County for the largest uh, decrease in the uninsured rate, which was super cool. It was 8%. Um, And I think a lot of that was just because the community really pulled together. Like we saw a lot of different organizations who didn't particularly work together come together to do this. And it was awesome. Um, And after that success, the funders kind of just wanted more. So they asked us to help out in Johnson County. Johnson County was doing an amazing job, but we know that people in Wyandotte County travel all over and a lot of them get healthcare in different counties. So we pulled together and we formed the Kansas Assisters Network and started working with other organizations outside of Wyandotte County. And then we had an election that switched gears. The administration that came after Obama happened to change a few things and um, there was some 
differences in funding and I attended the Families USA conference and saw a presentation by uh, an organization who had completely lost all of their funding um, to do this work. They formed a health insurance agency and were brokers, but still utilized the assister models. Navigators and certified application counselors are key to this work because they provide um, unbiased um, enrollment assistance. So they're not trying to force someone into a plan. Uh, they're actually not even allowed to choose the plan for someone, even if the person really wants them to. Mm -hmm. So all they do is assist with the application. What this other organization did in South Carolina was maintain the assister model by not choosing plans for people, but then acting as agents and receiving commissions. And then all of the uh, money went back to the organization so they could continue to do the work with the assistance applications. I, for the first about nine years of my career, I worked at the Kansas Insurance Department, the regulating agency, and that included when the ACA was being implemented at the time. So I saw that on a macro level and, and what you just described being a licensed agent, but working under the 501, like that whole thing was uh, when I was kind of looking into what you guys did, it was so unique. So I'm glad that you kind of walked us through that, how that happened, because I feel like you don't see that very often. I thought that was a good idea, but I was hesitant because there is a lot of distrust of agents in our community, um, but we were able to uh, discuss it with the funders and uh, did a pilot program, and we thought this could maybe be a really great innovative way to continue on um, with this work without um, needing the federal dollars that we had. And uh, the pilot did not do well because oh. we didn't sign as many people. I mean, we had our regular, mm -hmm. we did sign our folks up for marketplace, but uh, the piece that we added onto it was Medicare and we just didn't do what we needed to do. However, we have continued this on. Fortunately, now some of that funding has come back into the community and the foundations are continuing to support that work. So we still have a lot of really awesome assisters in the community that we refer to. Um, and they're going to provide the services to them that fit them best. You know, it's it's a unique combination that you don't see very often. So Absolutely. And, and when we were developing this, um, we worked very closely with South Carolina and the Palmetto Project on um, developing a model that was best for consumers. And we have a community action board to mm -hmm. increase, increase transparency, just to make sure that we're still acting in the community's best interest. And there's actually only three or four uh, organizations or states that were doing that. I mean, it's been cool. It, I've learned a lot about insurance too, because as an assister, you learn a lot about just the individual marketplace, but now we know about the whole landscape of insurance. And now it's really cool also to be able to help people with Medicare. The Medicare population is the number one marketed to population in the United States, period. People get overwhelmed by everything they hear and everything they read and see on TV because there are a lot of people trying to take advantage of that. And we've seen that even in our own community of people not acting in the community's best interest. So it's really cool to be able to be there for them and say, hey, you know, like 
this plan is, is probably not the best for you, but I'm gonna help you figure out which one is. Talk about marketing, like my, my six-year-old has been sick. And so watching a lot of TV and he loves YouTube. And it was funny. I think it was just last night or the night before he said something to me about Medicare. So, and I was like, what, did you say Medicare? How do you know that word? (laughs) Cause even on Lego videos, they advertise Medicare policies, (laughs) even on uh, the Mario Lego YouTube videos. You well, yeah, I gotta get it in there young, and the grandparents could be watching. So. <laughs> so, you really, I remember when my parents went from, you know, having health insurance to then being on Medicare. What a like, what a transition to get used to something different. So it's just so great that you guys can be there and guide somebody through that tough transition. Somebody they already trust. Yes, yes, and that has been key the community is so saturated with Medicare agents that it, that has been um, one challenge that we've faced because they have those people that they trust and we're not about breaking those relationships at all. We're just here if they need anything else. And um, of course, you know, we do have a lot of people who age into Medicare or who were previously disabled and on marketplace or had Medicaid and now they're able to get Medicare. So being able to help that transition be as smooth as possible has been very rewarding. That's, that's awesome. So you, you guys specifically work in the Northeast Kansas area. Is that mostly Wyandotte and Johnson County? Mm-hmm, mostly, um, but we are able, we're licensed to do work in Missouri or the whole state of Kansas. Um, but given the complex nature of a lot of these things, especially with marketplace, um, we will definitely refer out to organizations um, either by going to cover Kansas um, or going to the get local help icon uh, on healthcare.gov. And from that place, they can choose if they want to talk to an assister or an agent. Um, we need to put invest more money in those kinds of things, I feel like, because it is a very complex issue and um, there's a lot of help that's needed in those areas. So if folk, we have folks all over the state call us, um, and we'll try to do the best we can. But like, we've had a lot of folks from Wichita call us and I'll usually refer them to Via Christie or some of the folks that, that we know from there. So there are resources in other, you can help them find resources yes. in other parts of the state. We That's can great. definitely do that. we want to dive into what this open enrollment period means and what people should be aware of this time of year in regards to their health insurance. What is the open enrollment period? How long does it last? And what kinds of changes or additions can people make during this time of year? So open enrollment is typically the only time during the year when you can enroll in health insurance. Um, And I get a lot of questions about like, well, what, what is that? I don't, I need health insurance later. And it's, it's kind of like a, a cost savings mechanism, because if you think about it, if you were able to sh- sign up for health insurance 
just whenever you needed it um, and then not have it the rest of the year. Um, that would save consumers a lot of money, but um, it would make the cost for the insurance companies go way up. So then that would make everything very unaffordable for everyone. And so the, in order to keep costs down, they want folks to be paying for insurance even when they're healthy or when they're not using it. So for the entire year, um, because how insurance works is you're paying into a giant pool and then they can afford to pay for your care when you need it. Um, and so you don't only use it when you're sick. If you get it through your employer, you're gonna have an enrollment period. Um, you can sign up you know, when you first uh, get the job and the, after you've worked there for however long. Um, and just like that with the marketplace, uh, their open enrollment is once a year and it is November 1st through January 15th. And that's usually when you need to sign up for your insurance. However, there are uh, situations uh, that would trigger what we call a special enrollment period. So uh, that would enable you to sign up for health insurance in the middle of the year. Um, and those situations are things like losing insurance through a job or whatever avenue you had, if you had Medicaid and you get dropped, or if you gain a dependent or lose a dependent, you get married, you have a drastic increase um, in income or a drastic decrease in income. Those major changes, things like that, could enable you to get insurance in the middle of the year. And folks with a special enrollment period, that period lasts 60 days either before or after the change. Um, and we generally urge people to sign up before so they don't have a gap in coverage. But Medicaid does not have enrollment periods. So you can sign up for Medicaid anytime. Um, and then with Medicare, open enrollment is October 15th through December 7th. There's lots of dates you have to keep <laughs> track of. <laughs> All right, and that brings me back to the second part of your question. I totally forgot is like what you can do during that enrollment period. So for the marketplace, if you already have a plan, you can just renew it or you can switch plans. Um, if you didn't have a plan at all, you can come back and you can come and choose a plan. Even if people are renewing their coverage, it will automatically renew if they there's a certain box in the application that you can check to have it automatically renewed. And if you check that box, you can have it automatically renewed, but I always recommend that people come back and update their application because the financial assistance might change a little bit. So you might be able to get more financial assistance. Also, the plans have changed quite a bit. So sometimes if you like your plan, but then it's not available, they'll just switch you to something similar. Um, and that's not always what people want. So just take a look. And, and this year there are new companies on the uh, Kansas and Missouri side. So uh, we have uh, United Healthcare now, and they're pretty competitive with Ambetter. Ambetter was like the, one of the more popular plans over the last few years, but now we're seeing the United Healthcare has come in. So there's a lot of different options for people. And same deal with Medicare so people can choose plans, switch their plans. I won't go into the nitty gritty details of that, but there's a whole. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier navigators. 
mm-hmm. um, being people who can help Kansans figure out what kind of health insurance they qualify for. So if I'm somebody like, tell us more about navigators, how to find them. If I am somebody I'm listening, I'm like, yeah, I want somebody who knows what they're talking about. Cause I just yes. go in and click that would, you know, and uh, navigators <laughs> will be their lifeline. Like to me, these people are so important to this industry, like to consumers, they are federally trained. So they take a training every year to help people through the application process with healthcare.gov and there's navigators and certified application counselors. They basically do the same thing. Like we don't need to get in the nitty degree of the difference of them, but they're the overarching term for those people is assisters. And so a navigator is going to help you create an account, fill out the application, explain every step of the process to you because there's a lot of fine print. Um, And if you miss something or do something wrong, it could come back to not work out for you later um, because all of this is tied to your taxes. So it's really important that folks are trying to do this as accurately as possible. And then they'll explain your results to you and walk you through the plans and show you everything that you could possibly ever want to see with the plans. Um, And most navigators and CACs are really comfortable with the different plans because they have um, coalitions and different things that uh, they participate in that explain the different plans um, and have relationships with those insurance companies so they can just answer whatever questions anyone would have about those plans and give you the information to help you choose the plan that's best for you and your family. A navigator in a CAC is just a very trusted source of information and help when it comes to these applications. Um, And you can find those people, like I said, in Kansas, like Cover Kansas has a website. I believe it's coverks.org. And so uh, (laughs) they have a list of all the navigators in Kansas. And then of course, also healthcare.gov or Cover KC for um, folks in the metropolitan area. Molly, do you ever run into individuals who fall in the coverage gap? So those that make too much money to qualify for Medicaid, but not enough to qualify for subsidies on the health insurance marketplace. How do you handle that situation? Yes, unfortunately we do. Um, We actually saw that a lot more the first couple of years um, after the marketplace was rolled out because people didn't know. And so we had a lot of people coming in and we would fill out the application and they thought that they were going to be getting cheap insurance and then their results were a full priced plan which was like $600, $700. And they're just like, well, I can't afford that. Well, it's because they didn't hit that 100% federal poverty level mark of what you have to make to get financial assistance in the marketplace. So they didn't have anything available to them that was affordable. And it's just heartbreaking. We see it a lot. Like I said, we saw it more the first few years. We've seen it less now because word has gotten out to the community that there's just nothing for them. And they've been told over and over again that they fall in the Medicaid gap. We still want these people to access healthcare services, especially preventative care. So we will refer these people to local clinics or if they have very specific 
illnesses or have a specialized need, we can refer them to YJO Care, which provides pro bono care to uh, folks who don't have insurance. But the waiting list for that program is really long. So sometimes there's just not a lot we can do for those people. Sometimes we will help people, like if they have a severe chronic condition, we can start the process of applying for disability. And then from there, they can apply for Medican, which is not really Medicaid. It's, it's, it doesn't cover a lot, but it can kind of help them with medical bills if they need to, if they're in a situation like that. And they can only have that once in their entire lifetime for 12 months. So it's really sad. And, and we get a lot of calls for people saying that they need insurance. And then after we talk to them for a little bit, um, you know, we, we know that they're going to be in the gap, but we try just to complete applications because I always, I feel like it never hurts to try (laughs) because you never know what's going to pop up, but, um, it's definitely heartbreaking. Is that Medicaid, is that a state program? It is. It offers coverage of certain medical expenses, but not a lot of prescription drug coverage. And um, it excludes quite a few things. So it's kind of a last resort kind of thing. And you get it one time in your whole life. One time in your whole life for 12 months while you're in the process of getting disability. And the average person, I think, gets denied disability three times. So if you think about while you're, if you do it the first time you apply for disability and you get denied repeatedly, you can't have it again. What a, and a lot what of a... these people, I mean, the majority of the people that we see are working, you know, they just have families and they're have some kind of illness or some kind of reason why they're not able to work more or can't get a different job. And it's really difficult to get disability. I think a lot of people don't know that. And I think even among the professional community, they don't realize that these families will not qualify for Medicaid. We get a lot of referrals from even providers who are like, oh, could you help this person with a Medicaid application because we need to get their treatment started right away. And I'm like, They don't qualify for Medicaid just because you have cancer or some horrible degenerative thing going on doesn't mean you're going to be able to get Medicaid. There are certain types of cancer and certain things that you can have, um, but usually too, you can't get it until it's super bad. And at that point, your treatment options are not what they were. And it's, it's a shame that people have to wait um, until they're really sick to be able to get care because unfortunately a lot of times then it's too late. Wow what like what a patchwork like we've got you know you've got clinics that'll do pro bono work you've got you know these stop gaps like Medicaid and like the more you talk the more I'm like do you know what would solve a lot of this? <laughs> I know it's my job to say that, but truly, do you know? No. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's true. And I mean, you know, Missouri just recently passed expansion and it's just, it's been game changing for so many people and so many families. Like, I can't even imagine the way that that would feel 
having nothing, no options. And then suddenly now you can get the care that you need. I had a, a woman come to me and she had two adult sons who were disabled and she could only work part-time and got some funding from the state to help take care of them, but it wasn't enough for her to get financial assistance in the marketplace. It was just like barely under and she was terrified about what was going to happen to her sons because she did not want them to live in an institution and she was the only person there to take care of them. And she had some health concerns that just started and she didn't know what she was going to do. You know, people do the right thing and they work their whole life and they do these things. And then when something happens, there's just nothing for them. And that's really hard to explain to people. Even from a fiscal point of view let's you know not even taking people into account like you we don't we don't want people living in institutions if they don't have to because it's not only is it better for them as human beings to stay with you know Mm -hmm. but like even fiscally it's better Mm -hmm. for them to stay with their families so it's well yeah (laughs) one of the arguments i hear against this is because people don't want to pay for other people's care if they're not willing to pay for it themselves we're already paying for it these people end up they have chronic conditions or they have something and they don't have a way to get care so they go to the emergency room when it gets really bad and then they aren't able to treat it so they end up keep coming back and they have these huge bills and they can't afford to pay for it so they get financial assistance through the hospital which is great but then that those costs go back and the hospital has to absorb it and it causes everyone's bills and everything to go up so it's like we're already paying for it indirectly it doesn't make sense and plus the amount of reimbursement by the federal government to expand Medicaid. We can't afford not to. who's worked with the Alliance for a Healthy Kansas for quite a while, you know that our number one priority is advocating for the expansion of can care to those individuals like we talked about the fall in the coverage gap. Uh, but we also have other topics that we advocate for. One of those is minimizing the number of people who currently have can care coverage that might lose it once the COVID-19 public health emergency ends. So can you tell us more about that? How can people who are currently on Medicaid ensure that they continue to have coverage even after the public health emergency ends. Yes. So that is, this next year is just going to be crazy um, because it was decided that because of COVID, we were going to make them renew their coverage. So they've been covered for two years, even if they didn't qualify for it, that is all coming to an end. And so they're going to be sending out renewal packets to families. And if people don't complete those renewal packets, they could lose their Medicaid, even if they still qualify for it. So we're trying to get families, we're going to actually be doing a campaign with partners in Wyandotte County and all over the state and United Healthcare to get folks to update their contact information with the uh, either the state or their managed care organizations, which is whatever company they have with their Medicaid. So like Sunflower, Aetna, uh, United Healthcare, any of those 
they'll need to update their address or any other contact information because we know a lot of people have moved uh, over the last couple of years. And if they don't get that, then they're going to lose their insurance. Sadly, you know, we've seen folks don't even realize that they've lost their insurance until they're at the doctor. <laughs> and then it's mm -hmm. like, you don't have insurance anymore. So it's really in the best interest of not just the consumers, but the providers to make sure that people are updating their contact information and returning those renewal packets. Then if people don't qualify for Medicaid anymore and they get they have a loss of coverage um, to see if they're eligible for marketplace insurance and can get financial assistance now. And they would qualify for a special enrollment period like I talked about earlier. So if they lose their insurance, they'll have 60 days uh, from that time to then enroll in marketplace insurance if they're going to. So um, a big part of my job here at the Alliance is working with those in the coverage gap to tell their stories about how a lack of health insurance coverage has affected their lives. How have you seen a lack of health insurance coverage affect people's lives and do any stories stand out to you at the moment? Yes. So we have people call every week regularly wanting to apply for insurance. And like I said, we still help them with the process to see if they qualify. Um, but if they don't, then we have to have those hard conversations um, about treatment options and how they might be able to apply for pro bono services, but there's just not a lot of resources out there. I have helped quite a few people specifically with, we see a lot of like back injuries for people who have like worked really hard for their whole life. And now they've gotten to a place where they physically can't work anymore because they need to have surgeries or different things. Um, and we actually had one gentleman who was in that exact situation. He had been like a construction worker most of his life and he fell um, and hurt his back and was not eligible for help for whatever reason. And he I don't know if it's because he hadn't been in the system long enough or whatever, but he um, was pretty much disabled, but was not considered disabled by what the social security would consider disabled. And he had applied and been denied for several times. And over the years, he had was basically almost in a wheelchair because he could not get the treatment that he needed. And all he wanted to do was go back to work and he needed to have back surgery and was not able to do that. So we see how much it impacts people's lives because then if you're not able to work, um, I personally have had back issues and I know how terrible that is. And luckily I worked for an organization that let me work from home, but a lot of people aren't in that position and I had insurance so I could get the treatment that I needed and then not being able to provide for your family. Like I can't even imagine the stress that that would place on your family because it's not just about the individual, it's about everyone around them. And if you're sick, it affects the people around you. We know about social determinants of health and the stress that not being able to access resources and just have a good daily life uh, puts on everyone and it makes the whole community sick. I really feel like it's not even about healthcare at this point. It's about quality of life and people being successful people and um, being able to live freely and live the life that they want. To me, it's, it's more about humanness 
than it is even anything else and being able to maintain your dignity. So I, I know that construction is, is one of the industries that would benefit the most from can care expansion. It's, it's those jobs where, you know, during the pandemic, they were the essential workers. Mm-hmm. And so we've got all these essential workers with no health coverage, but they're essential. Once again, more super gluing of systems together instead of just doing what to me makes the most sense mm-hmm. to fix the problem. So at the beginning of this year, uh, a statewide survey showed that 78% or nearly eight out of every 10 Kansans supported expanding can care. So Molly, we asked this of all of our guests. Why are you one of the eight and 10 Kansans who supports can care expansion? Oh man, because everyone deserves access to health care. Your access to be healthy and a living functional human being shouldn't be based on your income. These people are working, they have families, they have lives, and some of the reasons why they can't be successful and can't have these lives is because they don't have access to those things. I, I feel very strongly that healthcare is a right. Everything you do points that way. So all of the amazing work that you do. Yes, it's, uh, it's very evident. Um, what a fantastic answer, Molly. Um, and Molly, I just want to thank you for being here and for all of the work you do to help Kansans. There is a lot to navigate through and it's so important to have people like you to help guide us all through it. Thank you for having me. This was an awesome opportunity. I've never done anything like this before, but it was really <laughs> fun. <laughs> That's all for this episode of the health in the 34th if you haven't already be sure to subscribe to get all episodes and leave us a review to help others find us we'd love it if you would share our podcast with your friends family members co-workers and social networks to help spread the word let us know if you have any questions or topics you want covered we'd love to hear from you at info at expandcancare.com and don't forget to follow us on social media we're basically everywhere we're on facebook we're on twitter instagram and tiktok you can also sign up to receive email updates about can care expansion on our website, which is expandcancare.com. That will be extra important as we get closer to the legislative session. We'll have lots of opportunities for you to get involved. You can also find upcoming events and information on our Healthy Kansas Advocacy Community there on our website. So we hope you have a refreshing Thanksgiving holiday. We'll see you again in two weeks. Health in the 34th is a podcast from the Alliance for a Healthy Kansas. We hope you'll take a moment to subscribe and share our podcast with others. Episodes written, recorded, and edited by Marissa Alcantar and Lacey Kennett. Episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join the movement and get involved on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. To find out more about the Alliance for a Healthy Kansas, visit us at expandcancare.com. Love it. All right.
Molly, you are amazing. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, fantastic. thank you. Thank you guys. I learned me. so much. I worked yes. in the insurance department for almost a decade and I learned stuff from you. So, oh, um, that's nice. <laughs>